April 5th. As we begin our reading in the New Testament, today we're reading in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 14 through 36, where it talks about his authority. No more dangerous than open hostility is attempted neutrality. For an empty life is an opportunity for Satan to move in and take over, as we'll see during our reading here. The only sign we need is the sign of Jonah, our Lord's resurrection from the dead. Jesus has won the victory over the Prince of Darkness. Obey Satan, and you'll let in darkness rather than light. And soon, you will not be able to see, and you won't be able to distinguish between them. And with that, let's begin our reading today from the New Testament. April 5th, Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 36. One day Jesus cast a demon out of a man who couldn't speak, and the man's voice returned to him. The crowd was amazed, but some said, No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Trying to test Jesus, others asked for a miraculous sign from heaven to see if he was from God. He knew their thoughts, so he said, Any kingdom at war with itself is doomed. A divided home is also doomed. You say, I am empowered by the prince of demons. But if Satan is fighting against himself by empowering me to cast out his demons, how can his kingdom survive? And if I am empowered by the prince of demons, what about your own followers? They cast out demons too, so they will judge you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For when Satan, who is completely armed, guards his palace, it is safe. Until someone who is stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his weapons, and carries off his belongings. Anyone who isn't helping me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and clean. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. As he was speaking, a woman of the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breasts that nursed you. He replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. As the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, These are evil times, and this evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent him. What happens to me will be a sign that God has sent me, the Son of Man, to these people. The Queen of Sheba will rise up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, because she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And now someone greater than Solomon is here, and you refuse to listen to him. The people of Nineveh, too, will rise up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now someone greater than Jonah is here and you refuse to repent. No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. 
Instead, it is put on a lampstand to give light to all who enter the room. Your eye is a lamp for your body. A pure eye lets sunshine into your soul. But an evil eye shuts out the light and plunges you into darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not really darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight is shining on you. Today we'll be reading Psalm 77. You know, joyless days of trouble and sleepless nights of despair plagued the psalmist. Why? Well, not because of unbelief, but because of faith. Because he believed in the Lord, he wrestled with himself and with God. He could not understand why the Lord did not keep his promises and deliver his people from bondage. What do you do in a situation like that? Well, of course, you pray about it, and you tell God just how you feel. You don't cover up. You know, you don't act religious. Reach out to Him in the, in the night seasons. But do not refuse the comfort that He sends. He will remind you of His past works and wonders, and the more you meditate on them, the better you're going to feel. Asaph meditated on Israel's exodus from Egypt and recall that God kept the people waiting by the Red Sea, that it was night, and that deliverance came just in the nick of time. The people were afraid and certain that God had forgotten them, but He showed His power, and ended up humiliating the enemy. His way is a holy way, and a hidden way. You need not understand it, just trust Him and follow as He leads you. But Paul isn't saying, look at these awesome people. What is he saying in verse 1? He goes, I want you to know about the grace of God that has been given. He goes, I'm not talking about, oh, look at these people. They're poor. They're full of joy. They're begging me to give. You should applaud them. He goes, I want to tell you about the grace of God. I want to tell you about a gift that God gave some people. I want to talk to you about God, because God made this group generous. That was a gift from him. He goes, how else do you explain it? They're dirt poor, but they're the most joyful people, and on their own, they're begging us, please let us give. Because that's something God gave them. See, that's the Spirit of God. God gave them his DNA, and now they're generous. They're so generous that even when they have nothing, they're trying to give away what little they have, and they're begging us. That's the grace of God inside of them. And what Paul didn't say, yeah, I went over there, I told him the sad story about the saints in Jerusalem, you know, and, and no, because they're begging us. That's the grace of God. If you're generous today, that's nothing to brag about. It's just like, whoa, God made me generous. This is awesome. This is the best. This is the best. Like, it's natural for me. I have the DNA of Jesus. Like, I actually look at other people. You guys, this is a gift because I remember, I remember before when I used to look at people and I would think to myself, consciously or subconsciously, what can I get from him? What can I get from her? And if someone had, a, you know, a lot of possessions, you know, to kind of, you know, buddy, buddy with them because I might get something from them. 
or if they have connections somewhere. Oh, he works at the movie theater. Oh, maybe I can get some free tickets. Just little things, whatever. But I was a taker. You guys, it's a miserable life. It's a miserable life doing this. And going, man, what, how, who can contribute to this? Think about the most self-centered person you know. And now think about the most generous person you know. Okay? Something I've learned in life. Self-centered people are miserable. And have you ever met an angry, generous person? Yeah, it's, it's almost funny, right? You're like, oh, come on, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, that's my point. That's, that's why Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Those givers in your life. See, my, my hope today was not to make you feel guilty that you're not generous. My hope was to make you feel envious. I'm not. And I'm miserable because I keep thinking about myself and how I never have enough. And I'm hoarding myself. My, my, and to be envious, going, why can't I be like these Macedonian churches? Why can't I be like those people who had nothing, but they had this abundance of joy and they're anxious to give? And where you go, I want that. I want that. I want that. And I'm telling you, that's found in Jesus Christ. When his seed comes into you, you, it's like the natural response, a supernatural response, where you stop looking at yourself and you realize everything you have that's coming from you, for you, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. I just want you to see him. If, if it takes my resources to get you to see what I just saw and what I possess, if there's any way I can get you in this world. I mean, really, that's what 1 John was written for. Remember in the beginning of 1 John, he goes, I write this to make our joy complete. Psalm 77, verses 1 through 20. For Jaduthun, the choir director, a psalm of Asaph. I cry out to God, without holding back. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I pray, with hands lifted toward heaven, pleading. There can be no joy for me until He acts. I think of God, and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for His help. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days, long since ended. When my nights were filled with joyful songs, I search my soul and think about the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will He never again show me favor? Is His unfailing love gone forever? Have His promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be kind? Has He slammed the door on His compassion? And I said, This is my fate, that the blessings of the Most High have changed to hatred. I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about them. O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of miracles and wonders. 
You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. You have redeemed your people by your strength, the descendants of Jacob and of Joseph by your might. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down their rain. The thunder rolled and crackled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep, with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Healing.